to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, folks, to another exciting edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. You need more adjectives in your vocabulary. Uh, stupendous. Sure, just anything but exciting. Another stupendous episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This is episode 93. 93, we're getting so close. So close. Mm, so close. And then we're gonna stop and do Octoberama right in the middle of it. Yep, we gotta we are, we're gonna pull out. We're gonna slow things down, make it sexy, and then we're gonna go right back to it. And then we're scheduled like our first episode of 2018 is planned to be our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna try and do something special. Are we? I don't know. <laughs> Aren't we? I mean, I would like to. I don't know what, but we'll figure it out. We're creative guys. Are we? Sort of. We, 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 we can be creative if we put our minds to it. I suppose. Hey, notice I'm putting my drink out of reach. Why? Because I keep knocking them over. Oh, <laughs> good call. Did you notice on our Italian episode was the one episode I didn't knock it over? Which is crazy. You'd think I'd get like super ginzo and start using my hands every Hey, bobbity boopy. <laughs> yep, that's Italian. <laughs> Um, so what's new, Taylor? Oh, you know, Toby Hooper died. He did. Yeah. That's what I woke up to this morning. Oh, I saw it like right before I went to bed last night. I'm like, well, fuck this day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, was heart heart attack. Was that what it was? I actually haven't seen anything. Oh, I've I've seen just a lot of condolences and well wishes, but not a lot of actual news. Man, it's, I mean, this is this is the age for us, just based on when we were born, that all the the great directors that we grew up watching, um, they're starting to die. I mean, Wes Craven, Romero. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Um, and uh, and now to, uh, Hooper. It's like who's who's left? Carpenter. Carpenter. Um, Everybody, everybody, pray for John Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they only, they come in threes, and this would be number three, I guess. I mean, he's still like going going hard though. He's going on tour. He is going on tour, and he's going to be pretty heavily involved with the new Halloween, right? Yeah, he's uh, EPing it, I think. Right. So yeah, I mean, good luck to him. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it down. You're the like you're the Eddie Vedder of horror. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's sad because it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, what? Well, should we think Patreon first? Oh, yeah, I guess we should. Let's, let's get that out of the way. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, we have several people contributing to us on uh, Patreon. They are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, and... Returning from the crypt is the horror addicts. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much. We love you. Make sure you check them out on YouTube, or I guess they're like trying to move away from YouTube, but uh, check out their website, horroraddictstv.com. Trying to move away from YouTube? Yeah, because YouTube is, you know, their whole demonetization thing for horror. They're getting very, very strict about it. Mm. They should move to like Vimeo or something. Yeah, they were. I don't remember. They were using some service I'd never heard of, and I can't remember what it was called now. Mm, mm, mm. But check out their website. The, uh, all the good stuff is there. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, thank you guys. Uh, if you, yes, you listening to the show right now would like to contribute, Taylor, where can they go? Patreon.com slash grave plot podcast. You can get perks for as little as one dollar. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we, we love money just as much as any, I like money (laughs) just as much as any other red blooded American. Um, but you know, we love your support just listening to the show as well, but money definitely helps us. And the money goes towards, keep the lights on, you know, upgrading our microphones and, uh, equipment as well as our short films, which we're going to be doing a new one here, uh, coming up for Halloween. Um, we're actually going to do it this year. We're going to stick to it. I'll make it myself if Tony doesn't want to. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> well, you're going on vacation. That was mostly what it was about. Yeah, um, yeah we're doing a new one this year. It'll be uh, available for Halloween. Um, and Patreon money will go towards to, toward, towards, towards. that. <laughs> It'll go towards that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we, like Tony said, we appreciate you guys listening to the show. And if, if you can support monetarily, of course, we, we appreciate that. Um, and if not, you know, uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher radio, or just tell your friends. Yep. End of plug. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's coming up. That's our next episode. That is our next episode. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you heard about this all clown screening. I did. And I love that it started from an internet troll. Oh really? Yeah, because it's at that. It's at the. I am having a hard time today. It's at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. who did the all-female screening of Wonder Woman. Mm. And some guy replied and was like, "Was there going to be an all-clown screening of it?" And Alamo <laughs> was like, "You know, that's a great idea." Yes. Yes. And there now is. they're doing it. You have to come dressed as a clown uh, in order to get in, and I think there's supposed to be some kind of clowny festivities going on as well. Just like a. Um Oh, fuck. What's the instrument called? Um, not a harpsichord. Slide whistle? <laughs> sure. That's not what I'm talking about, but that works. Um, yeah. Uh, I read an article about it. It was on Movie Pilot, I believe. Uh, the title of the article made me laugh. It said uh, there is going to be an all-clown screening of it because hell is a place on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Krusty yeah. should go. He should go. He seemed offended online that he wasn't invited. <laughs> it is in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you know, he wants to drive the, or ride the Clown Express down to Texas. Is that a thing? Sure, <laughs> could be. He should. If not, that's our next uh, short film. It's Clown <laughs> Express. <laughs> um. Yeah, that sounds like a just a terrifying place to be. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be in a room full of clowns like ever in my life. Yeah, I mean, if I feel like if you have chlorophobia, that's like that's your fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that that just happened. I'm not sure if that came through on the recording or not. It may have just been in our ears. Anyway, um, what else? What else is new? Uh, well, the Duffers said they're going to do. They've already announced season three of Stranger Things. Hey, and they've said they they're looking at season four already. Hey, but they said that's it. Really? Yeah. Well, because he was saying, you know, it, it all takes place in Hawkins, Indiana, and they can't justify horrible things going down every year for more than four years in a row before someone just moves. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. 
I definitely wouldn't stay in the same place if they're like these otherworldly disasters. Kept, yeah, just but, monsters coming into your town yeah. once a year. It's kind of like living in Tokyo when Godzilla keeps coming back. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to leave. Or like living in Derry, Maine. Sure. Like maybe, maybe just move. Yeah. Yeah. Every, you know, 23 to 30 years, something bad happens. This may not be the place for me. Yeah. I should probably just, just go. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well. Uh. That's cool. I mean, hopefully the show's good that long. Yeah. I mean, I have faith in them. You know, the first season was really good, and it, it, from what I've seen of the second season, it looks like the trailer's pretty, pretty boss. Um. So I think if they can keep their heads on straight, and Netflix will just keep allowing them to do their thing, um, should be pretty good. Interesting to see where they go after stranger things yeah i'd like to see them do some features because they yeah. definitely have the, the the talent and the passion for for these uh for the retro horror sci-fi thing yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> might i don't i need to work on my descriptors <laughs> <laughs> um yeah neat good stuff great great stuff um all right well that's all of our bullshit. Um, I mean, any, anything new with you? No, not really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a little get-together with my family at the house last night. That was fun. Good stuff. Yeah. The new, the new homestead? Yeah. Grave Plot South, as it were. Yep. Um, we are currently in Grave Plot North. Yes. We got to get at Grave Plot Central. Who's paying for that? Uh, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Did we mention patreon.com slash Grapeplot Podcast? <laughs> um, no, yeah, we broke in the uh, the fire pit in the backyard. It's pretty sweet. Had some s'mores. Sacrificed a virgin. You know, normal family stuff. Yeah, <laughs> typical Saturday. Uh, spent, I mean, let's see. Let's see, we had f- our f- all four parents... Us, and then both of our sisters and their husbands. So what's that? Eight people. Yes. Um, no. Ten. Ten people. Ha 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 ha. So stupid. <laughs> um, and we spent like eighty bucks at the store, which is no small amount for one, one night. For one night, and you know, we just bought a house, but like, I didn't want to. I never like had a barbecue for many people, it's yeah. usually just been like me and the wife, and you know, a few other people. For 10 people, it's like, okay, how much food do we get? <laughs> and we may have already overdone it because I bought like a pack of like 20 hamburgers and um, bought 10 brats. I think I made one of the packs like. Two, I bought two packs of five, and I made one pack. And I don't know if even all those five got eaten, so may have overdone it. But we're going to be having brats and hot do- or hamburgers <laughs> for a few nights because we may have just blown our grocery money. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah. Oh, something that I just wanted to bring up that I thought was funny. Uh, on my way here, I was coming down the hill, and um, it looks like they're maybe trimming back trees. Um, and 
they had a lane closed off and they had like this traffic cop out there directing traffic, but he was directing it based on the lights. So it's like I was coming down and, you know, he was waving on the people in front of me. And like, as I was coming up to the intersection, the light turned yellow. So I just stopped and like, he didn't, he didn't try to wave me on. He didn't tell me to stop nothing. But then as soon as the light turned green, he waved me. It's like, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know how to read traffic signs. Anyway. Um, yeah. I just thought that was funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <clears throat> horror business? Okay. Okay, starting out with some real-world horror. Um, as you guys may remember, uh, what a week ago, there was an eclipse. I think many of us have already forgotten, despite all the hype. It was less than a week. Was it less than a week? Yeah, it was last week. Irregardless. That is not a word. <laughs> um, there are some suggesting that the eclipse may have been a sign from Satan. Seems even though, legit. Even though it happens, like what every few decades or so apparently there's another one in 2019 yeah so probably not aside from <laughs> satan if it was he probably would have made his move already <laughs> right like when the world was dark yeah um but uh brian fisher who is a host of a christian radio show called focal point uh posted on facebook this is a metaphor or a sign of the work of the prince of darkness and the obscuring obscuring the light of god's truth <laughs> fuck out of here <laughs> idiots <laughs> satan and those who unwittingly serve as, as his accomplices god damn it, accomplices by resisting the public acknowledgement of god and seeking to repress the expression of christian faith in our land are bringing us on a dark night of na- of the national soul the national soul so this like this public acknowledgement of god yeah and he's was national souls i mean is he bringing this back to like the uh, U.S., like the U.S. is like the country of God, probably. Idiot. It's a Christian nation. <laughs> um, and Graham Lotz, the leader of Angel Mister Ministries. Yeah, but she capitalizes the A, the G, and the L in Angel, which you may realize are her fucking initials. <laughs> Nobody recognizes that. Nobody. Um, she's. I was the- looking at it. And I was like, why did she capitalize the G and the L? And then I was like. Oh my God, it's her initials. She <laughs> named the church after herself. <laughs> isn't that, isn't there something like false idols or something? Isn't that, that falls into a moral gray area, I feel like. I don't know. Like Christian, well, basically all religious faiths are just full of so much hypocrisy that it's disgusting, which is why I could never be part of one. Um, Fact. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yes. She's also the daughter of Billy Graham. I was just about to say that. Um, she also warned the eclipse was, uh, it could be a sign of uh, darker things. Darker things. In saying, the celebratory nature regarding the eclipse brings to my mind the Babylonian king Belshazzar, uh, who threw a drunken feast the night of the, uh, the night the Medes and Persians crept under the city gate. While Belshazzar and his friends partied, they were oblivious to the impending danger. Belshazzar wound up dead the next day, and the Babylonian Empire was destroyed. How does that have anything to do with an eclipse? You know, it's been 
uh, five, six days now, and we're all still here. Yeah, we ex- find. Except for Toby Hooper. <laughs> right. I don't think Toby, Toby Hooper was a victim of the eclipse. Probably not. Um, I mean. Belshazzar sounds like he throws a hell of a party, though. Right. Yeah. Got so drunk, he didn't even realize he's being invaded. Fucking madman. Maybe he just thought they were there to party. <laughs> yeah, man. The more the merrier, bro. I just peeked like hell. I'm sorry. like a motherfucker. I tried to move away. Um, yeah. So that's dumb. Um, <laughs> but wait, there's more. There are more. Jesus Christ. Uh, Christian Post columnist, Reverend Mark H. Creech. That's a fun name. Uh, wrote that he was inclined to agree with Long. <laughs> Good. Wonder if people call him Screech. I'd call him Screech. <laughs> Um, he said he was inclined to agree with lots. Good. Good. Uh, is it a sign from the heavens calling upon our nation to turn from its sins and enter Christ or suffer the consequences? I don't really know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, he wrote, uh, oh, he wrote that. That's what he wrote. What I just said. <laughs> uh, what I do know, however, is that we would be wise to treat it as though as, as this <laughs> very well may be the case. He knows that for a fact. It's, it's like, is the apocalypse a sign of impending doom? Probably not, but we should all pretend it is. Yeah. You know, just be very, just in case it is, just be very wary that we might all die very soon. <laughs> yeah, no one offers an explanation as to what we're supposed to do. <laughs> okay. The moon or the sun's passing behind the moon. And then what? What do we do from there? This sounds very like, guy on the street holding an end is nigh sign right oh meanwhile the the, church of satan yeah they chimed in (laughs) with a tweet because they are the church of the future um because it's 2017 and tweets are apparently law now right uh you said yes let's get the word out that christians like yourself see satan in the nature er, say god damn it say see satan and in nature and in science Boom. You know they don't believe in science. Satanists? No. Oh. The others. Yeah. Um, I mean... Our president doesn't believe in science. No. The Church of Satan gets a bad rap, but you know, they're all right. They they picked the wrong name. Yeah. Like, they picked that name ironically. Yes, they did. And no one realizes that. Yeah, I mean, there, there are sects of... Like, if you think of uh, Levian Satanists, those people are just... Um, They're hedonists, basically. Hedonists, pragmatists. Um, they have... I mean, they're basically atheists with with flair. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ironic part is that they don't believe in Satan. No. They believe in Satan as an idea, not an actual deity. Yeah, they don't believe in a guy with, like, horns and goat feet and a spiky tail who right. pokes you in the butt with a pitchfork but the christians my god they want you to think they do um but yeah that was that's actually a pretty sick burn because you know christians seem to want to pretend that science doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. they want to be afraid of a naturally occurring thing such as the sun in its or, or in the moon's moon and earth's orbit the sun passing behind the moon. Yeah. 
And then there's the flat earthers who oh. apparently think that the eclipse proves them right. What? I've yet to hear a rational response as to how that's possible, but idiots. <laughs> my, my, my question for the flat earthers is if you honestly believe that the earth is flat, how has no one in the history of the planet fallen off? Yeah. It never happened. <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's basically like, um, all the, all the Trump supporters that call fake news to anything they don't like. It's like, okay, well, here are these satellite pictures. Here's what astronauts saw from space. Chopped. Hmm? Chopped. Yeah. Photoshop. All fake. Fake. Fake news. Idiots. Idiots, idiots, idiots. All of you. Every single one of you. Yep. Hot take. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's pretty standard. It's a pretty, pretty cool take. Yeah, most people that, that are sane in the world believe what I it's think. Like a, it's like a room temperature take. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal take. It's just a take. Yeah. It's like uh, instead of eating, uh, you know. Instead uh, of eating hot cakes, you just eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> Let them eat cake. Anyway, um, that's all for that story. Just Science is real, folks. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Science is real. Religion is silly. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Mr. Crowley. So here's a pretty cool story. Is it is it cool? In my opinion, anyways. Yes, it is cool, actually. Uh, recently, Adam Green held a 10th anniversary screening of Hatchet. Um, all the stars were out. Richard Reilly was there. Derek Mears was there. Richard Reilly, that's that's my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they rolled out the red carpet for Richard Reilly. <laughs> Nothing against uh, Richard Reilly. I love the guy, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on top of all that, it was open to the public, and it was free. All right. This was um, at the, uh, oh, shit. I forgot the name of the place. It's in L.A. somewhere. At the L.A. Theater. It's not a place. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of it. <laughs> uh, but then everyone got there, and they went, oh, by the way, we're not going to be showing you Hatchet. We're going to be showing you Hatchet 4, a.k.a. Victor Crowley which has been filmed in secret for the last two years. Yep. Good on you, Adam Green, for keeping this a secret. I didn't know people could still do that in this day and age. <laughs> um, the press release from Dark Sky Films calls it a reboot. Adam Green says, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I saw Adam Green talking about Arc people Light, That's what it's called. The what? The Arclight. Arclight Theater. That's the one. Adam Green was asking people on Twitter. He was like, why do people keep calling it a reboot? And they were like, because that's what the press release said. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to your distributor. Yeah. I don't think he has one. Dark Sky Films. That's his distributor. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't pay attention to things. <laughs> I just read what Taylor tells me. Yeah, as we're recording. <laughs> <coughs> the film is set a decade after the events of the first three films. Uh, Kane Hodder and Perry Shen will return. 
Uh, also starring Laura Ortiz from Holliston fame. She is just cute as a button. She is a tiny little Puerto Rican. Is she Puerto Rican? I thought so. Dominican? thought she was like... Because uh, you're Lord. Dominican. <laughs> she was... <laughs> She's from El Salvador. She's Central American. Um, also, Dave Sheridan and Brian Quinn, who are actors, probably <laughs> from, from things. <laughs> Brian uh, Quinn, he's that guy that Adam Green's just obsessed with. He's from uh, Impractical Jokers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also cameos. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be a Hatchet film without some major horror icons making cameos. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one features Tiffany Shepis, who has been in so many movies. Just too many to name. She was in Model Hunger. She was in Model Hunger. Which was garbage. <laughs> I didn't say many good movies. I just said she's been in many movies. Uh, as well as Felissa Rose, who, of course, is was Angela in Sleepaway Camp. Angela. Yep. That's how Laura Ortiz says it. <laughs> yeah, she probably does. <laughs> uh, the plot of Victor Crowley, which for some reason is not called Hatchet 4. Uh, like, none of the other Hatchets had uh, subtitles. Not subtitles. What do you call it? Subtitle. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you think of like uh, Rocky Balboa. That was maybe, maybe that was kind of a play on that, something like that. Because, you know, Rocky Balboa wasn't Rocky Six. It was just Rocky Balboa. So maybe, I don't know, Adam Green had kind of a play on that. Maybe. Uh, but in Victor Crowley, uh, 40, well, in 2007, 49 people were brutally torn to pieces in Louisiana's Honey Island Swamp. Which I don't remember it ever having a name. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But it's it's not a very apt name. Yeah. It makes it sound like a nice place. Right. (laughs) Uh, Over the past decade, lone survivor Andrew Yong, played by Perry Shen, who is actually the brother of Perry Shen's character in the first movie. Mm -hmm. He's played three different characters in the series. Has it been three different? Yeah. He played a different character in each movie. Well, for the first time, he's going to be reprising his role. (laughs) Um, as Andrew Young, who claims that local legend Victor Crowley, played by Kane Hodder, was responsible for the horrific massacre, and those claims have been met with great controversy, but when a twist of fate puts him back at the scene of the tragedy, Crowley is mistakenly resurrected, and Young must face the bloodthirsty ghost from his past. How did... How did Hodder... Or how did Crowley get resurrected? Isn't he just a ghost who, like, comes back all the time? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, unless, unless he's actually been resurrected. Like physically, like now he's corp- corporeal. Yeah, which you think would just make him easier to kill. Yeah, I mean, it could be like a uh, Jason Six kind of thing. Could be. Um, you know, we're. I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but it's like I, I wonder if this is leading Green into making more Hatchet movies, or if this is just going to be it. I wouldn't mind. Not me neither. I mean, honestly. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed 99% of his work, um, but he's, he's, he's sworn up and down for so long that he'd never make another Hatchet movie, that he was, he, he was done with Victor Crowley. He'd walked away from it. Well, and the, the idea that he had for Hatchet 4 sounds nothing like this. Because remember, he had that idea for Hatchet 4 that was basically a new nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, the first... Um, First summary I read of it, and you know, because he not he didn't swear everybody in the audience to secrecy, but he said, "Hey guys, you know, let's let's keep it down. Let's don't don't talk in depth about the plot. 
don't give any spoilers away. You know, typical Adam Green stuff. Um, and it seems like, by and large, people have respected that. Yeah. Um, I've avoided any kind of spoilers that may be out there. Yeah, I've seen a couple of um, sites post reviews already, and I've, I've avoided them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first thing that I read almost made it sound like that's what they did, was make kind of a new nightmare type thing. Oh, really? Yeah, but, I mean, this sounds nothing like it, so hmm. I really don't know. I was watching the live stream from Bloody Disgusting, and the the girl who was doing the reporting, I didn't catch her name, but she she kept asking people, I'm hearing rumors of a Hatchet 4. Do you know anything about that? And I'm like, what are these rumors? Where are you hearing these rumors? Yeah. The only rumor I've heard is no. <laughs> yeah. And most of the people, if they knew, they were they did a very good job of playing it off. They were just, just like, no, I'd love to see more if, if that's the case, but I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. There was at least one guy, and she was like, have you heard anything about a Hatchet 4? And he's like, nope. <laughs> it's like uh, i don't believe you <laughs> yeah um yeah like i was saying you know for you know because green didn't direct at uh hatchet three he produced it but he didn't direct it which was weird for him because he's so adamant about having control of his own properties yeah um and then you know he goes back to it in directing victor crowley um it, it like I said, it, it makes me wonder if he's going to be starting to make these movies again, um, because for him to do it in secret, but and and basically restart everything here. I mean, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it's a reboot, but it kind of is in that it's rebooting the series. I mean, yeah. it's, it's picking up where it left off essentially, but we thought the series was dead. So he's kind of re- reviving it, yeah. resurrecting it. Um, so, yeah, I wonder what he has planned for the future. I don't know. I read an interview with him from June, and he said he was still working on Holliston Season 3, mm-hmm. which was supposed to air last year. <laughs> um, he also said he had a new pilot he was working on, uh, as well as a reality show that he was also going to star in, and then some other feature that, of course, he wasn't allowed to talk about. Which may have been this, for all I know. Yeah. I've heard him talk on the on the movie crypt about whatever project he's working on. He never said what it what it was he was working on. He's always so secretive about his movies. Yeah. And you know, he he's doing this this started from the he's doing a tenth anniversary tour of Hatchet. Um and you know, he they, from what I saw from the schedule, it looked like they had done a handful of shows before this. So it's like all the people in those cities, they're probably like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> um, well, he, he talked to uh, Entertainment Weekly about this one, and he says, uh, you know, it's 10 years later, and Andrew Young has become a little bit of a celebrity. At one point, he's compared to the O.J. Simpson of Honey Island Swamp. <laughs> uh, so I guess everyone kind of thinks he's responsible for these murders, it sounds like. Okay. Um, well, because uh, most people don't. most people do not buy his story, but he got off because there was no evidence that he had done it. So some people love him, a lot of people hate him, and now he's written a book, which he is promoting on the 10th anniversary of the events of 2007. He is convinced to do one final interview back at the scene of the massacre where he has never returned. Simultaneously to him going back there with his camera crew that's going to interview him, there is something else happening that brings back a little certain somebody. Daniel Harris, probably. Probably. Because he said little. Yeah, she's and she's a little late. She's a tiny little baby person. <laughs> I mean, it makes me wonder if um, 
Oh, Christ, what was her name? Uh, Mary Beth? Yeah. So, it makes me wonder if she's dead. Yeah? Um, when did Hatchet 3 come out? Like 10 years ago, I guess? Has Hatchet 3 been no, 10 years? No, Hatchet 1's been 10 years. That's what I thought. Yeah, 2013 was Hatchet 3. <laughs> All right, won't spoil the end. <sighs> I hate talking about things. I'm not being <laughs> able to talk about the whole thing. <laughs> But I wonder what other, like, is is Perry Shen really going to be the only one? Perry Shen and Kane Hodder, be the only ones coming back? No Daniel Harris, no Zach Galligan, no Derek Mears? Well, they all die. Well, I mean, that's that's what I wasn't going to say, but yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> Surprise, guys. Everybody dies in a horror movie. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's, I, I think Mary Beth's death was kind of ambiguous because she we thought she was dead, and then the very last second of the movie, she opens her eyes. Mm, that's right. So we don't know. And that's what pissed everybody off because that happened. And then green is like, Oh no, I'm done. We're not doing it anymore. Have you never watched a slasher movie? Like that's how they all end. Yeah. But then you can usually expect another one. Yeah. I mean, as far as like things with the, with the long histories, you know, Halloween, Friday the 13th, things that you, you know, there's going to be another sequel. Halloween seemed like it always seemed to end with Michael dying. And then the next one started. I'm just like, no, just kidding. Yeah. They didn't have that like final wake up moment. Well, I think like, except for Texas Chainsaw, it seemed like all of them. Uh, I mean, all of, you know, the big three, I guess, you know, Freddie, Jason, Michael, they all died at the end. Yeah. <laughs> they were miraculously brought back in the next movie. Anyway. So I know most of you are probably thinking, okay, when, when do I get to see this movie? Uh, it turns out that never, um, the film's going to be screening at, well, I guess it already has at this point, uh, screened at fright fest in London. So if, if you're from London town, then you get a chance to see it or didn't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, for the rest of us, he's going to embark on a quote, Victor Crowley road show, uh, all around the country in October. Um, no dates as of yet that I've seen. Probably not here. You don't think? No. We always get ignored. <laughs> Dear probably... Mr. Green. <laughs> I thought about tweeting him and say, hey, how about you bring Crowley up to Seattle? You should have. I'll do it. I'm going to do it right now. Do it right now. I'm going to do it right now. Live on the air. <laughs> Consummate professional. <laughs> I've heard other shows do this. These are all from Four and five days ago. Where's where are the dates? I need the dates. Oh, what is this? Oh, you're not even logged in. I was. Come I on. was logged in myself. I'm gonna log uh, It's okay. Keep talking. This Keep is talking. Falling apart. That's what she said. Wait, no. What? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's bedroom. happening in my head. <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> Uh, at see. Adam um, underscore FN. Yeah, I know. I know what it is. New login to Twitter from Firefox. Hey, maybe man. Oh, maybe. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> maybe you bring, bring. Why'd you type bring twice? Oops. I, I want him to bring it twice. <laughs> bring, bring. Victor. Vokter. Vokter. I'm very bad at typing when I'm trying to do. I can't multitask when I'm typing. I would I would not just read the tweet, but I really don't 
there, there's nothing left to say on the story that's we've we've covered it all oh well you know so now we're just tweeting at adam green uh trying to make sure he brings it to the pacific northwest uh yeah um yeah like i said no dates yet um nothing on com, which is probably the best place to look which is of course adam green's official website um yeah i'm excited about this sounds cool uh more hatchet is good um yeah Boom. Tweet sent. Go like it and retweet it. I said, Adam F. and Green. Hey, thought about bringing Victor Crowley to Seattle? We like horror, too. It's true. We do. We do like the horror. No word yet on official dates, but we will keep you informed. Gotta drop the clip, these Nazi zombies are coming too quick No time to waste, we gotta kill these fools We can survive if we follow the rules Rule one, put your back to the wall Rule number two, don't trip and fall Rule Speaking of sequels it's all, all our news is always sequel stuff Yeah, we've got a bunch of sequel stuff today Didn't We had a bunch of sequel stuff last episode too, didn't we? It's either sequels or reboots usually Fuck Welcome to 2017 This is why nobody likes horror anymore God damn it uh anyway if it's not a if it's not a reboot or a sequel it's pg-13 so yeah okay so um writer director tommy work uh it's probably vercula vercula is what danish swedish norwegian norwegian one of those those viking countries (laughs) um anyway but uh he is working on dead snow three yes um for it yeah, I mean, we reviewed... Have we reviewed both of them? No, just the second one. Just the second one. Um, I was not a huge fan of the first one. I was a big fan of the second one. Uh, and so as long as this one can continue on the same trend as the second one, um, then I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Uh, he was talking to Entertainment Weekly saying, uh, just so you know, if you're a fan of the Dead Snows, we're hoping to make a third one in, in a few years. Oh. In a few years. Shit. <laughs> he just put out a new movie um, on Netflix called What Happened to Monday. Horror? I don't think so. I think it's kind of a sci-fi fantasy. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> it's um, got a... Uh, uh, um, Rooney, Rooney Mara okay. at, uh, as six different characters. Interesting. And from what I gathered, their names are like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. And they're trying to find their sister, who I assume is Monday. Because what happened to Monday? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading between the lines. Like I could be way off. Their names could be like Denise and Sandy and Janet. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. He's talking to... Uh, Entertainment Weekly saying, just so you know, if you're a fan of the Dead Snows, we're hoping to make a third one in a few years. We've got to finish the trilogy, so I'm very excited about that. We've got to finish what we started, all of us. Um, And as far as the premise, he said, we have some ideas. I think it's natural to maybe put some of the story in South America, where a lot of the Nazis fled. Uh, We've got to top what we've done before, and we have to bring back Hitler as well. Zombie Hitler. That just feels natural. I'm kind of shocked that it hasn't happened already. Yeah. But well, I mean, he says 
like we have to finish the trilogy. So did he always plan on making a trilogy? Because if he always planned on making a trilogy, then yeah, it makes sense to save Hitler for the last one. I suppose. He's like the big boss, you know? Yeah. Like in uh, Wolfenstein. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Mega Man, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Whereas the the colonel or whatever he was, he he's, he's a mini boss. Right. <laughs> um, Tony, do you want some zombie flamingos for your house? Sh- sure. Okay. Do I have to pay for them? Uh, probably. I don't want them. They're $15. I don't want them. Uh, I'll give them to you for housewarming. Okay. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Come ups. <laughs> um, anyway. So, what do you think? I'm for it. Yeah. I like the second one better than the first one. That's the first one, um, I, I'm agreeing with you. Is it because it had Martin Starr in it? That's part of it. <laughs> Taylor really likes Freaks and Geeks. I do really like Freaks and Geeks. That show was amazing. Um, it just it just felt funner. Well, it definitely had more of a of a um, comedic element to it, um, and it was definitely on purpose. It wasn't just goofy stuff for the sake of being goofy. It was, yeah, or it wasn't goofy stuff that was just because it was weird. It was actually meant to be funny. Um, Martin, having, um, I guess, I don't know, this makes me sound like a stupid American, but having uh, American actors in it helped me, I think. Yeah. Um, And I hate to admit that, but, and the fact that it was in English, that was a big help, um, because I think that was a big detractor for me is reading subtitles. I mean, I've talked about that to no end. Yeah. but yeah, being able to just being able to just watch a movie and enjoy it, and have the people already speaking the language that I understand, and not have to break up what I'm watching on screen with reading words on the screen as well. It just it makes things easier to do. It makes the movie more enjoyable. I think. Yeah. Um, I also feel like the second one was a little lighthearted. I guess. Like yeah. The first one is a very dark comedy. You think? I, I, I really didn't get much comedy at all in the first one. Well, yeah, that too. It's not. It's not just being. Uh, sorry, just aside from being just like off the wall, just weird. Yeah, I don't know. It it definitely feels like they tried to go a more comedic route with the second one, but not like where it's just a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's still a horror movie in essence. Yeah. But there's more, more horror, more comedy to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just it, it's been a while since I've watched it or since watched either one of them. But the second one I'm I'm talking about. Um, but just the one part that sticks out in my head, and it was the one thing in the trailer that made me say, "I gotta see this." Is where ah uh, uh, shit. What's the main character's name? Martin. Is it Martin? Yeah. Okay. Um, when he. Uh, because he he has a zombie's arm, like the colonel's arm was, um, am, or was cut off from the car accident, and Martin had cut off his own arm at one point. So they in an homage to Evil Dead, <laughs> when he was rescued by the by the paramedics, they found his arm quotes, um, and 
reattached it. So now he has this zombie colonel's arm. Um, and he, uh, keep, I'm losing my train of thought. I know what scene you're talking about when he punches the guy and just pops his head like a pimple. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, and ah, he looks at his fist like, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. I'm on board. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Give me more of that. Uh, but I, I, I like the idea of South America because like you said, a lot of Nazis fled there, um, after the war. Um, I think that's where they found, I, they, I think, uh, Goebbels was rumored to have fled there. Um, and, uh, Mangala? I don't know. Not really up on my Nazi history. Yeah. I'm a little rusty. I'm becoming a stupid American. Anyway, um, great excite for this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to be in a few years. Yeah. And I don't like that vague, you know, few years. I I want it like a specific. (laughs) Give me a release date now. (laughs) Well, it's like, give me a, give me a year. I mean, is it going to be, well, give me like, is it, is it your next project? Is it your next project after your next project? Like, right. where, where are we on yeah. the timeline here? Don't fucking Sam Raimi us with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you writing it? Are you casting? Where Where are we? Yeah. Anyway, so that's coming. Eventually. Keep, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it when it happens. We'll probably watch it. Ready for more sequel news? I guess. Uh, Chris Columbus, not the founder of America, but the producer. The guy behind 14... Chris Columbus didn't found America. The guy who, you know, found America on accident when he was looking for Spain. Indians are already here. I'm not saying he was the first one to find it. I'm just saying he found it on accident because he's dumb. Fuck Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Chris Columbus, on the other hand, in an interview with Slash Film, talked about Gremlins 3. Hey. And he says that it's done. It's uh, the script is is done. He says he's really proud of the script. It's as twisted and dark as anything. So we'll see. That's him saying that. Him saying we'll see. He said that. He. He. Uh, he said he wanted to go back to the really twisted sensibility of the first movie. I found that there was a very easy place for me to fall back into and start writing again. So hopefully we'll see that movie soon. <laughs> Keep saying we'll see. <laughs> Take a shot every time Chris Columbus says we'll see. I'm already drunk. <laughs> um, good news. He says that the gremlins will have minimal CGI. Always a bonus. Saying CGI will enable us to remove wires and make the puppeteers lives a little easier. Uh, it was brutal. It was like a marathon every night for those guys. In the bar scene alone, there were 18 or 20 people behind the bar. <laughs> no one had any space to move. It was just hellish for those guys. So CGI will simplify that a little bit, but it's all puppets. I can dig that. Glad to hear that because that was my biggest fear when Gremlins 3 first started you know, making the rounds. Yeah, I was like, they're going to do a bunch of fucking CGI Gremlins. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, we've talked so much till you know till we're blue in the face about cgi um it's like i don't have a problem with cgi this is what it's for yeah it's for fixing things yeah removing wires and you know cutting out 
a puppeteer that's not supposed to be in the scene or, you know, maybe doing something with someone's eyes or small facial features, but it's not to overlay a green lantern costume or, you know, make hordes of zombies. Right. Just make the thing and then make it better with CGI. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I had this like fear in my mind of just a horde of gremlins just like a world war Z just like giant mass of gremlins just <laughs> falling over each other. Like, no, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> oh God, turn it off. Uh, one idea that Columbus floated that may get a lot of people talking is the idea of killing gizmo. No, <laughs> nope. nope, nope, no, sir. Uh, he says it does come <laughs> no, up. Sir, I don't like it. <laughs> he says it comes up in the movie. And he thinks it's probably a good idea because too many people are dying. What? So it's basically the like cut off the head and the snake will die kind of theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you'd think there'd be some kind of way to like, um, you know, castrate that element. I mean, is, be- is Gizmo like the only Mogwai? It kind of seems that way. The first two movies have made it seem that way. Yeah, I suppose so. But, I mean, he had to come from somewhere, so unless the entire race is extinct. Well, and, I mean, like, when when Gizmo spawns, or whatever the whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. they become Mogwai first. Yeah. So, like, why couldn't... And they'll just keep spawning, so it's... I mean, unless you're just talking about completely obliterating the entire race of Mogwai. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I, I'll admit, not feeding them after midnight... And not getting them wet is a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, that's quite the task. Yeah. I mean, it sounds easy on the surface, but in practice, it's a different story. Yeah, Corey Feldman's going to come along and fucking knock over a glass of water. Yeah. Fuck everything up. Fucking Feldman. God damn it. How many people died because of Corey Feldman? All of them. (laughs) Uh, Of course, um, what's his face? Uh, Uh... Zach Galligan. Yeah. Billy. That's the oh, same. Yeah. Um, he fed him after midnight because the dumb shit wouldn't fix his clock. People just be being dumb. Just be Hell, making all kinds of mistakes. Hella dumb. Um, the fact that Columbus says, like, the script is done, mm-hmm. and then he says, it's probably a good idea. That means it's happening. Well, maybe. I mean, he finished. He finished the script. Now it's got to go through rewrites, and you know, different drafts. And yeah, it's got to get approved from the um, studio. That's true. Things can change a lot. <laughs> I would like to see Joe Dante back behind the camera. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know that it'll happen though. It kind of seemed like I don't know. A lot of people are shitting on Joe Dante. Why? I don't know. Like, um, like uh, burying the X. A lot of people just shit all over him for that one. I liked it. I like. I thought it was it was decent. I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't Gremlins, but it wasn't his best work. No, I mean, it was enjoyable. It was good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I wonder if uh, Billy and Phoebe Cates' character. You know, her. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're supposed to be back. She's done, right? She's not acting anymore? I don't think so. 
That's fine. Billy would be good. Um, I mean, all I really need is someone like Phoebe. Yeah. Someone to excite my fantasies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Billy would be good, but I don't know that he's necessarily necessary. I was in trouble like two months <laughs> into that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to see him in it, and I could swear I remember seeing Galligan say that he'd like to be in the third one. Yeah, I know he mentioned it, but I don't know if it was ever, uh, ever like brought up by Columbus or anyone actually yeah. involved with the movie or if he was just kind of pitching. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Columbus has had a real um, truest nature about writing this one. Um, so I would think that with that type of mentality, he would probably bring Billy back. But I don't know. We'll see. Indeed, we will see. We'll know more in the coming what years Time. probably. Yeah, so we'll uh, see how that goes. So the Exorcist TV show miraculously got renewed. Yeah, that didn't seem like it was going to happen. No, it was on the bubble for a long time. And then people took to the Twitters. Yep. And they said, hashtag save the exorcist or whatever the hashtag was. Yeah. And you know, people doubt that their voice can make a difference, but sometimes it does. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes something magical happens. Sometimes. And, you know, TV executives, their heart grows three sizes. (laughs) Or two sizes. However big. So many sizes. (laughs) Many sizes. Many Um, sizes. But it is coming back for season two, and it's said to be inspired by The Exorcist Three, which is could be cool. Which is good because The Exorcist Two was yeah. Awful. Don't don't be inspired by The Exorcist Two. <laughs> yeah, nobody should be inspired by The Exorcist Two. Don't do that. Um, but uh, showrunner Jeremy Slater told uh, the Hollywood Reporter, uh, "There's a monument, or sorry, not monument." There's a moment from The Exorcist 3 that every horror fan knows and loves. We're looking into how we can get that moment in our show this year. It involves a hospital. It's a single great, single best jump scare in horror movie history, aside from Ben Gardner's head coming out of the boat in Jaws. You know, um, I, I, I know exactly the scene he's talking about. Yeah, me too. And I love that scene. It's the best scene in the movie. I don't consider it a jump scare. By by modern standards, I'd say no. I think that was probably when jump scares were how they used to be. Good? Yeah. You know, <laughs> clever. Yeah. Um, rather than just fucking lazy. But, I mean, like, you think of, like... Um, one of the one of the best jump scares I can think of in like all cinema history was from the original House on Haunted Hill, when the the lady like turns around and there's that old lady just standing there with her hands up and just like this giant sneer on her face. It's like the lady didn't just pop up out of nowhere; like the camera panned over and she was already there. Yeah, that's like an old school jump scare. And it was well done. Is is uh, is 
creative and, you know, at least at that time, fairly original. Mm-hmm. And I think that's essentially what the scene from The Exorcist 3 was. Okay, that same kind of jump scare. Um, lost my place. Oh, uh, I said, I also, I love the idea of a demonic serial killer. Who doesn't? Uh, we're not exactly doing the Gemini killer um, this year with the new demon, but I think you're going to see that this demon has a pattern of, and a methodology. Or methodology. And then he's all like, I'm a fucking demon. Yeah. He says that. He does say that. But it's Fox. And Gemini Killer, of course, was played by Brad Dorif in Exorcist 3. Uh, America's sweetheart, Brad Dorif. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of Brad Dorif, I've heard nothing but good things about Cold Chucky. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've read a couple things that say it's really good, but I haven't really dug into uh, it. Yeah, I, I haven't read any reviews or anything, but just like from tweets I've seen, people are like, Cult of Chucky fucking is one of the best of the franchise. He's the best. Um, yeah. He's nice. <laughs> Great success. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, where did I leave off? Uh, it's a boogeyman throughout history that has claimed a lot of notches on its belt. It's nowhere closer to being finished. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I still have not yeah. finished season one. I haven't either. I've only actually, I've actually only watched like two or three episodes. So I definitely need to get caught up. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to watch it, especially after seeing the first episode and then also throughout the course of the season hearing how good it was, which was a big shock because I remember. Yeah, I had... No expectations of it being any good. Yeah, we talked so much shit about it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we were like, this is going to be awful. No one wants this. And Oops. Then, then everyone's like, yeah, it's actually kind of good. It's like, well, right. Fine then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was probably shit before, and then they, then they changed it or something. Anyway, uh, so the synopsis for this coming Synapsis. season. Synapsis. Um, across the Atlantic, Father Bennett, played by Kurt Iguayan, Iguayan, something, Iguayan, Kurt, Kurt E, Kurt something, uh, attempts to weed out those within the Vatican who have turned against God. Well, that's that's going to be a tough endeavor. Um, ultimately, to, uh, Thomas Why don't you just focus on the ones who diddled kids. <laughs> You don't diddle kids. <laughs> um, ultimately, Thomas and Marcus are led to Andrew Kim, played by Harold. <laughs> Mr. Sulu. <laughs> uh, John Cho, uh, a former child psychologist who runs a group home for five at-risk foster children on a secluded private island off the coast of Seattle. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Seattle! That's, that's where we are! <laughs> um. When one of the children un- under Andrew's care is targeted by a powerful force, the two priests head west, setting themselves on a collision course with hell. All right. I feel like they wanted to put this in Seattle so they could film in Vancouver. <laughs> probably. Because <laughs> it's probably still cheaper to film there than anywhere in the United States. Well, except probably Georgia or Louisiana. Those seem to be really cheap places to film. Yeah. At least for like Fox and AMC. There doesn't uh, seem to be a lot of things filmed there. A lot of things filmed there. 
Thank you for clarifying. You are welcome. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you not believe we are Indian? We have teepees. <laughs> um, so, uh, neat. Great, great, excite. I'm, like I said, I still got to finish excite. season one first. Yeah. So. But I do like the idea of uh, of, of it, it being inspired by the Exodus three. Yeah, and the fact that they want to put, you know, they want to put the 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 jump scare. I don't know why I'm covering it up. I guess it's easier to call it a jump scare than to actually explain what's happening. But the fact that they want to put that in there, I like that. I just hope they don't make it like a like a thing that everybody's anticipating. Yeah, I just want it to be natural. Just and is it just me or does it seem like the, what Slater said about the demonic serial killer doesn't seem to match the synopsis at all? Um, the synopsis has nothing about a demonic serial. It's about a kid. Well, I mean the 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 demon itself, its history could expand. You know, I mean, it, it's a demon, so it's been around for. I'm a fucking demon. Yep, for you know millennia, you know since theoretically the beginning of time. Is the kid the serial killer? I don't know. That'd be an interesting twist. That would be an interesting twist. That's ours now. Nobody take that. Um, Patent pending. I don't know. We'll see in a couple months, I guess. Yes. When things start. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Yes. <laughs> Fucking guy. So like we said, everything in horror these days is either a sequel or a remake. We've talked plenty of sequels today. Let's talk about a remake. Hey, a change of pace. <laughs> As we all know, because we reported on it, the Soska sisters, Jen and Sylvia, are remaking David Cronenberg's Rabid. Uh, we have some updates on how that process is going, because it's been, it's been a minute. Was this an interview or something? Probably. Okay. <laughs> sure they were talking to someone. <laughs> Maybe talking to each other. I don't know. They might have been. Um... Jen says, we've been pregnant with Rabid for over a year and a half. When pregnant. Congratulations. Hey, Mazel tov. Both pregnant. That's so cute. At the same time? What? <laughs> uh, when you fund something through a government instead of a studio, which is news. Apparently, they're doing that. Uh, was this, wasn't this? Is what? it being filmed in like Australia or something? I don't think so. Maybe. I know Australia is like really big into funding movies. It could be. Or, you know, New Zealand or something. Yeah. Um. Who else does that? France. I think uh, I think UK does that. Maybe. I think probably most places. <laughs> most places that aren't America. Because yeah. America doesn't pay you to do anything but hard labor. Capitalism. <laughs> uh, there are many different steps, and it takes a lot of time for people to sign contracts. I'm very excited for Rabid, because not only is it an extension of American Mary. What? Hold on. What? <laughs> uh, it's really a study of all of David Cronenberg's work. I just want to impress him. If other people like it, I'll be happy. But all I want is for him to love it. 
I mean, I, I guess I can maybe draw some comparisons between Rabbit and American Mary, but it's kind of a stretch. I mean, American Mary is very grounded. Yeah. Like, it's about a woman who goes crazy and kills people, essentially. Yeah, I mean, have you, have you seen Rabbit? No, but I know what it's about. Okay, yeah, I mean, the character in that, she's, um, I mean, I guess you could call her liberated. I mean, she's been, you know, essentially impregnated or infected, however you want to call it, by this thing. Um, and she becomes very sexual. Um, sexual? Yeah, it's a very sexy movie. I don't know, Cronenberg and his sex. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, like I think the whole, you know, shedding your inhibitions and becoming like a new person, you know, for better or worse. Maybe those kind of similar theme, yeah. but I mean, I guess I guess it's not, they're not really saying that it's like a sequel to American Mary. Yeah. Uh, Sylvia adds that it's important to be super respectful with it because there's such a negative connotation to remakes. What David did with the fly was so beautiful. And also he met his late wife on rabid and we're friends with their son, Brandon. I feel like a mama bear protecting rabid. I try to be calm and super Zen, but sometimes I hear something and think David wouldn't do that. <laughs> Jen says that's not Cronenberg. Yeah. But I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, I am obviously a big supporter of staying true to your uh, source material. But, you know, maybe they're not accurately describing how they're going about it. But the way they worded it makes me think that they're essentially making the same movie over again and trying to do it in the same style. That, yeah, I was going to say in Cronenberg's style when they need to make it their own style yeah i mean that's what made american mary so successful um is and you put their own spin on a theme um and you know like take the difference between uh see no evil and see no evil 2 see no evil 2 was a drastically different movie because it had that saska spin on it yeah um and I just whereas I, the first one just was had garbage on it, yeah, just had poop on it. It was just a doo doo pie, just like it's like somebody peed in its eye socket. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I just hope they're being true to themselves with this. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to just remake Cronenberg like scene for scene. And I don't really like. Anybody, whether it be Saskas or anyone else, shouldn't be copying someone else's style. No, they have enough. They have enough of their own clout, or they don't. They don't need to do that, and they shouldn't feel like they need to do that. Yeah. So, uh, who was a Sylvia says I found out that he wanted originally to put the tentacle, which I thought was a stinger. Um, it, it, it's both. I mean, okay, uh, between Rose's legs, and that was my first suggestion. We got shot down on that, but I was like, I'm thinking like David. That's good, right? That's uh I, I didn't know that um about the original. That seems a little on the nose. Yeah. But um Sylvia also says that Masters FX is on board and we've been designing some really amazing stuff. We didn't get to do the vagina, <laughs> but we found another place to put it, and I think we're gonna scare the shit out of people. Is that a hint? <laughs> Is it in the butt? 
It's on the butt, yes. Does um, it come out of the butt like this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> my face. Uh, Jen says, "What well, we want to do some body horror that's like, what the fuck is this that you've never seen? That has been a challenge for us because I've seen a lot of weird Japanese movies that go way past what most normal people would watch. <laughs> but we've got a lot of surprises in Rabbit, and I think people are going to be impressed. Well, good. I'm excited to see it. I I like Cronenberg. I mean, like The Fly especially um, is far and away. Like there isn't even a close second as far as my favorite Cronenberg movie. But Rabbit's really good. Um, it's it's very Canadian, um, and it's just based on when it was. So like everyone's really polite. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like older Canadian horror. Not so much modern Canadian horror. Modern Canadian horror has taken on a lot of uh, um, American aspects to it. But like back in like the 70s and 80s, Canadian horror was very different from American horror. I can't put my finger on why. It just had a, a very different feel to it. And I, I'll just leave it there. But. Um, and now Canada's making movies like fucking Puppet Killer. Right. <laughs> oh, Canadians. So funny. <laughs> With their flapping heads <laughs> and their beady eyes. <laughs> anyway, so um, excited? You, are you pumped? Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see more horror out of the Saskas. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since they've done horror. I mean, elevator aside. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, See No Evil Two wasn't that long ago. Um, I'm I'm anxious to see them do something. I'm curious to see them do body horror. That yeah, that that would be definitely uh, a plus. Well, American Mary was body horror to an extent. To an extent, yeah. Um but you know, to to work with something with material such as Cronenberg versus working with something from WWE Studios <laughs> which was poo poo. Yeah, there was there was no saving that. Yeah, I mean, they they tried their best, and it was you know it was it was a fun little movie, but it was uh, you know you can polish a turd only so much. Yeah, I mean it was leaps and bounds better than the first one. Oh yeah, don't get us wrong, but just wasn't great. <laughs> they they did their best. Yeah. That's all I can say. They they tried and they tried to save it. Um, you know they they still want to make three no evil so. Maybe if they can, you know, get, I don't. I don't want them to make. If they, if, they can, if they can get one more shot, maybe they can write the ship. I don't know. I think they're better than that. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's horror business, guys. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where we come to the next feature in our show, because we only have two features. I mean, sometimes there's interviews, but today is not one of those times. Yeah, sometimes interviews, but not one of those events. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So yeah, today, guys, we are reviewing. Well, I'll do this in a second. Hold on. <laughs> Movie reviews now.
Okay, guys, so uh, this episode, we are doing another very special theme to our uh, show, where we review two movies that were created by the production house Full Moon Pictures, or studios, or features, features. or productions. It changed their name several times. Yeah, what's up with that? Oh, Charles Band, he was like, I don't know if he was trying to dodge taxes or what, or like, I don't know if the, the studio just kept folding and then he started up again under a different name or, or what was going on. But the name changed several times. Uh, Charles Band um, started a production studio called um, uh, Empire Films or Empire Productions. Empire Records. Empire Records. Um, and that went tits up. So then he started uh, Full Moon Pictures uh, where he wanted to make he wanted to make strictly direct-to-video sci-fi and horror movies. Um, and that was in, like, the late 80s, I believe. Like, you know, in between, like, the mid and late 80s. Um, and he, they just started cranking out movies. Um, a lot of them, like, he started a lot of franchises, um, two of which we're talking about today. Um, but, I mean... You know, Puppet Master, um, Subspecies, which are the two two films we're talking about today. Um, Castle Freak. Castle Freak. Uh, Trancers, which actually started under Empire. Um, but then when, then when they made Trancers 2 and, and, and onwards, um, it was under Full Moon. Uh, they also had like a, um, a family uh, label, for lack of a better word. Uh, what was it called? Moonshine or moon moonshine? That sounds family friendly. <laughs> moon moonbeam. Uh, moonbeam, yeah, moonbeam. Okay, uh, where they made some family friendly movies. Uh, they also had uh, Torchlight, which specialized in softcore porn. Yeah, and that's I don't know if it's still operating, but Full Moon is definitely still putting out a bunch of softcore porn. Uh, I have this Full Moon channel on Amazon. Um, and rather than pull up movies like Subspecies or Castle Freak or Pub Master, you know, the movies you think would pop up, it's like the first page is just all the softcore porn, <laughs> all of it. Anyway, um, you know, right now, Kevin Trent is listening to this episode going, where's Killjoy? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Killjoy. Um, there are those movies that exist. Um, <laughs> The Dead Hate the Living. The oh, dead. what an awful movie. That was Full Moon? Yeah, apparently. I did not And the, know the Ginger that. Dead Man series. Ginger Dead Man, Evil Bong. Um, Prehysteria. Prehysteria. That was Moonbeam. Oh, okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I grew up watching these movies. And, you know, there was actually another podcast out there. Like, do you remember? Like, I said, we should do a Full Moon episode. Just review a couple Full Moon movies. And you're like... That this podcast just talked about that on the, their last episode. I'm like, shit. Who was it? Huh? Who was it? It was the horror show. Oh. Um, and now fucking Beyond the Void is doing this full moon roulette. What? Yeah. They just started doing this like two or three weeks ago. Motherfuckers. Fuck you, Alex. I came up with this idea, what? In like March? We've had it on the calendar for a while. Yeah. And this was just like the first time we could get it into the schedule. <laughs> but anyway... Um, let's sue alex 
Yeah, fuck him. He's using grave plots. <laughs> sue him for the name. I'll sue him. I'll sue me, sue me. <laughs> I'm suing so hard. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that we beat the horror show to it. Because, like, I remember you said, like, yeah, they just talked about doing that on their last episode. I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, let's put it on the schedule. And if they do it before us, we'll think of something else. And they didn't do it. So ours now. Okay. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> mine's now? <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, I, I grew up watching these movies. Um, I don't know how much of a... Of a, of a piece of your childhood that full moon oh was. very very little really oh okay. yeah okay this was this is my shit like <laughs> me and my dad used to watch full moon movies all the time um and these were like the ones that like i'd go to the video store i go to crazy mics and get just handfuls of full moon movies um and they were already always very indicative of what i could find in there uh, they're always very good about showing characters on the covers um, and if, uh, there was going to be a naked woman that typically was on the back. Um, and that was very helpful. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this was before they put, you know, the ratings were always on the back, but nowadays they put why it has that rating. And, you know, if there's nudity, it says nudity back then that didn't have, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Just said like R restricted or whatever. Yeah. Full moon was good enough to tell you, or basically show you, if there was going to be a naked chick. Uh, so, you know, God bless him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, these were a huge part of my childhood. Uh, I grew up watching, you know, both, you know, Puppet Masters, Puppet Master series and uh, Subspecies series. God, more times than I can count growing up. Uh, Castle Freak. Um, Trancers. I love Trancers. I mean, the second, like the first one's awesome. The second one's not as awesome. And the third and fourth one are just awful, but <laughs> I still love them. Uh, anyway, so yeah, big part of my childhood, and I'm very excited to talk about them today. All right. So, where do you want to start? I think let's uh, let's start with subspecies two, Bloodstone. Since the dawn of evil, they have prowled the night, feasting on blood and the sins of our flesh. The heart of their power lies in the bloodstone. Now, a woman who has tasted its nightmares must choose between death and damnation. You are my fledgling. Embrace me as your master, and all that is mine will be yours. Becky, I don't want to be like him. What is your relationship to Miss Morgan? She's my sister. The vampire Rado is here in Bucharest, and your sister is his no! disciple. Michelle, please, let me help you. Nothing can help me now. The bloodstone was stolen from me. Kill. 
to make an exceptional plaything. Bloodstone, subspecies 2. Okay, so Bloodstone colon, colon subspecies two. Bloodstone colon sounds like something you should see a doctor about. <laughs> uh, many of you may be asking, well, Tony, why did you pick the second one instead of the first one? I know I was. Uh, it's because I like this one better. I haven't seen the first one, so I felt a little <laughs> in the weeds here. Well, maybe you should have watched the first one. <laughs> I wasn't the assignment. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen these. Before. You haven't seen any of them before. Nope. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway. All right. So this one picks up immediately after the end of the first movie. In the first movie. I always uh, like when sequels do that. Yeah, it's good. I hate when they, they show up and it's like, it's just 10 years later. And it's like, well, what the fuck happened over the last 10 years? Hmm. All of these actually, um, all of the sequels pick up right after the end of the last film. It's a very Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so. In the first film, we're introduced to uh, two girls, um, Michelle and Becky. No, no. Oh, that's in this one. That's in the yeah. In the first movie, it's Michelle and her friend. Her friend? Mara? Lillian? Lillian. That's the one. Um, and they're two American girls, just. Um, like Tom Petty. Hmm? Like that Tom Petty song. Yep. You know, that one about the American girl. Uh, they're studying... Uh, I'll just kind of briefly go over the first movie. These um, two American girls and their friend go to Romania. They're studying uh, um, the culture um, and, uh, like, religious stuff. Um, and uh, they meet a guy named Stefan. Stefan turns out to be a vampire. Uh, but he's a good vampire. He's a he's a vampire with a heart. Um, find out his his uh, family history. His dad was a king, uh, King Vladislas, um, who was a vampire himself. But he was also you know he he kind of had a understanding with the human race. Is this supposed to be like a take on Vlad the Impaler? More or less, yeah. Um, that's the thing about Full Moon. Not a lot of highbrow stuff in here, like a lot of stuff taken from other like movies and um, folklore and shit, and just kind of repurposed. <laughs> um, anyway, so in that we're also introduced to uh, Radu, who is Stefan's half brother. Um, see, Stefan had a human mother uh, with King Vladislas, and Radu's mother was a witch. So uh, Stefan was a half vampire? Like Blade? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, but he wasn't a daywalker. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's essentially the difference why Stefan looked like a human and Radu looked... Like Nosferatu? Basically, yeah. And so, yeah, Radu, Vadasas, he is... Ah, Radu, Nosferatu. That's a reach. <laughs> Really? Was it? You it's, think? It's Nosferatu. T-U, not D-U. Oh, and I'm sure they couldn't have changed that to make it less obvious. Okay. To make sure only the true true geniuses can figure it out. <laughs> Taylor's the smartest. He's the best at figuring out vampire movies. 
I know I know many things on many sides. <laughs> God. Anyway, so um, Radu, he is the obviously the uh, antagonist. You can tell by the way he looks. He's the bad guy. <laughs> um, he wears a shirt that says bad guy. It says bad hombre. <laughs> he wears gold chains and has a toothpick. <laughs> So he's he's Razor Ramon. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Say hello to the bad guy. Um, and <laughs> no, he's got just this long, greasy hair. Um, he he looks like a ghoul. He's like white skin. He's really huge, ex- accentuated um, cheekbones and you know and a brow bone and these big you know nasty vampire fangs and these huge. Fucking claws. <laughs> My friend was like, why are his fingers so long? I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's a vampire. Um, anyway, so at the end of Subspecies 1, spoiler alert, um, Stefan stabs Radu through the heart and cuts off his head with a sword. <laughs> um, and then at the end, Michelle has already been turned, uh, or she's been bitten by Radu, Um but she's also kind of fallen in love with Stefan, so she, they go to they go to sleep because the daylight's coming. Um, and the next day, Radu's little minions, who are the subspecies, hence the name, those little guys, those little guys that are in the movie for like four seconds, they're in the first movie a lot more. Okay, um, are those the same minions from the gate? Because they kind of look like them. They do kind of look <laughs> like them. Um, Anyway, so he... Maybe Charles Band just like bought the little <laughs> clay figures. Um, so these things, uh, they come out from wherever. And I'm talking about subspecies two now. We're, 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 we're moved on. We're, okay. we're on to the... We're now officially starting talking about the movie that we're actually reviewing. Yeah. Anyway, so it starts off immediately after the end of the first movie um, where it's morning... And, you know, daylight and the min or the subspecies come out and they pull the stake from Radu's heart and help his body rejoin with his head and he is brought back to life. Um, that was yeah. actually pretty good effects for the it, time and budget. It really was. And like, I guess maybe when I was younger, that didn't really occur to me, but like the severed head, that was actually really good. Like yeah. even by today's standards. Um, I mean, today's standards, CGI, but right. practical effects, very good, uh, especially for direct-to-video, like you said. Because it was like, even as they were like dragging the head over to the body, its mouth was moving and stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like a prosthetic head sitting there. When you, when he, when the head was wheezing, did you have any inkling that that's how Radu actually talked? No. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, the head reconnects and he... Uh, rises and michelle actually sorry she didn't slumber with stefan she escaped the castle um she went back to her hostel wherever she was staying gets her shit gets her plane ticket and she's she goes to bucharest um so she can get back to america um radu rises and kills his kills stefan who's in his slumber um, stabs him in the heart. Stefan turns to dust. And that's when he... Um, actually, I don't know why he didn't take the bloodstone. The bloodstone 
is this relic that the family of Vladislas has. Um, it's basically it's a stone. It looks like a big piece of. It kind of looks like a glass peach. A little bit, yeah. Um, that's, that's how it's shaped. And it's or actually pear, sorry, not peach. It actually contains. It's supposed to contain the blood of saints, and it's supposed to be like this treasured, like I said, relic. You know um, that. Uh, was in the possession of King Vladislas. Then Radu killed the king and took the bloodstone. Um, it's supposed to be filled with blood. You may have noticed that it was empty. Um, but it's just, it's really, yeah, it looks like a like a peach or maybe almost like a strawberry. Pear. Or sorry, is that what you said? I said peach, but then I corrected myself and said pear. Oh, pear, okay. Yeah, a pear or a strawberry, like a really big strawberry. Um, and then it's got like this big hand over it. That looks almost like Radu's hand. Yeah, just these big elongated long fingers. fingers with um, with long uh, claws on them. <clears throat> um, and I don't know why Radu didn't take it because that's what he lusts for—is this blood stuff. Yeah, I kept thinking that. Like when he after he tried to get it later, and he, I was like, "You had a chance to, to get it, and you, yeah, <laughs> you didn't." Yeah, and so um, I guess Michelle takes it before she leaves the castle. Yeah. Uh, and that's when she leaves. She's packing up her shit. She's getting ready to go. And that's when she starts to realize that she's starting to turn. So she checks herself into a hotel in Bucharest. And when the sun starts to rise, she, the, it starts to burn her skin through the windows. So she goes and hides in the bathtub. That's about the time that the maids come in, discover this dead body <laughs> in the bathtub. So she, she gets carted away by the mortician. And then she wakes up. And um, it's a big, big old mess. Big to do. Yeah. And she just scurries off into the night. Um, elsewhere, Radu goes to visit his mother, who, as I mentioned, was a witch who was buried in, buried alive by the townspeople centuries ago um, in a crypt. And she... Looks, if you can imagine, think a place the zombie that's on the cover of the movie Zombie by Lucio Fulci. That's what she looks like. Kind of, yeah. Um, she's just this decrepit living corpse, basically. Um, and, well, her name is Mummy. Yeah. Or that's what he calls her, yeah. Yeah. Don't really know what her real name is. Diane. Diane. Yeah. Diane Jenkins. <laughs> that's her maiden name. Yeah. Diane Jenkins, Vladislav. Hyphen. For tax purposes. Um, so he goes to visit her and um, gives her a knife with the blood of his father on it. Here's Why? a knife. Do something with the knife. <laughs> it's like, here, I killed dad. So. You're welcome. So good boy. <laughs> good boy gets a treat. Um, yeah, and she's just a total bitch. <laughs> I mean, she's like, she may be like this centuries-old decomposing witch, or I guess she's referred to as a sorceress, but, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, but she's still just this domineering, bitchy mother. And, you know, like, her son is this vicious, ghoulish, undead Monster. creature. Yeah. And still, he just has mommy issues. <laughs> Which you know I feel makes it makes it more real. 
Yeah, makes him more relatable. Yeah. I get him more. <laughs> um, anyway, so she says, you know, where's the bloodstone? And uh, so, well, some, some bitch took it. <laughs> um, some girl I had over ended up taking it. Yeah. Um, so Michelle's in her We've hotel. all been there, right? Yeah. Just taking the shit. You have a girl over, you wake up, she took all your shit? All the time. <laughs> Women. Uh, so, yeah, Radu's on the hunt for Michelle. Um, I think he actually finds where she's staying. Like, he, he I mean, she's his fledgling. Um, uh, so I guess he pretty much knows where she is at all times, I guess. Um, and he tracks her down to this hotel and. The way he moves, I always thought was really cool. Like, rather than, you know, turn into a bat or fly away or, or whatever, like like a lot of vampires may do, he dissipates into a shadow. It's kind of like Nosferatu in, that, in yeah. that manner, where he dissipates into a shadow and you can see it cast across, like, the face of a building usually. And, like, that's, that's how he moves quickly, uh, his, his vampiric movement. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so Michelle calls her sister, Becky. No, no. Is that her name? Becky? Yep. Why do I keep wanting to call her like... I keep wanting to call her like Rachel or something. That's wrong. Or Rebecca. Oh, maybe it's Rebecca. Rebecca. There it is. <laughs> got it. Um, See, he got there eventually, folks. <laughs> anyway... Um, she calls uh, Becky from you know in America and says, "I need your help." She says, "Oh my God, Becky!" <laughs> She's like, "I need your help. Uh, I don't want to kill anyone. Uh, I'm I'm sick, and he bit me." And she, Becky's just like, "What?" what? <laughs> She's like, "You need to come here." It's like, "Okay, I'll fly out to Bucharest. <laughs> Can you come to where I am?" <laughs> So, I mean, travel must have been a lot easier in the early 90s. This came out in 1993. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh must have been a lot easier to just get a flight to a, another country. Probably. Instead of just planning out, you know, months in advance. Um, you have a passport? No? All right, whatever. <laughs> All right. We'll let you go this one live. <laughs> but don't do it again. <laughs> So she gets to Bucharest the next day, apparently, um, and meets up with this bumbling Romanian detective. um, Or I guess Bucharest's hungry, not Romania. Is it? Isn't it? I don't know. I think Bucharest isn't hungry. Keep talking. All right, I'm going to keep talking. Um, So, yeah, Detective Marin, or Marin, I forget. It's in Romania. It is Romania? Yep. Southern Romania. It's the capital of Romania. (laughs) Well, fuck me. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So she she turns up at the hotel and she's asking for her sister. And, you know, by this time, everybody working in the hotel knows that name of uh, Michelle as that girl who was found dead in the bathtub. (laughs) Uh, And then she just disappears from the ambulance. (laughs) Um, 
So this is when Detective Marin shows up, or Marin, I forget how it's pronounced, and Mel. Now, Mel works for the American Consulate. Um, He's also from uh, Friday 13th Part 7. Yes, he is. No. Yes. Seven? Seven. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, I know. (laughs) That's why I said it. So, okay, so they, they team up. And they're going hunting for Michelle because they know she's in the city somewhere, uh, even though Detective Marin is pretty sure she's dead because apparently he's thinks she's a doctor and he checked her pulse, so she's dead. I like how Marin's all about like pop culture. Yeah. She's like, uh, where'd you... Or she's, yeah, when, when he first meets up with a Becky, uh, he says, you're an English speaker, right? And she's like, yeah, you? She's like... Uh, only a little. Mostly learned from uh, Colombo and San Francisco Knights and uh, yeah, Big Bird. <laughs> it's like, very funny, that Big Bird. <laughs> and then later he's like, you know, the more that I think about it, I think this is a case of stolen property. She's like, oh, where'd you learn that, Colombo? He's like, no, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. <laughs> um, okay, so she, yeah, like I said, she meets up with Detective Marin and uh, Mel. Um, and they're trying to figure out where Michelle went. Um, and you know, cause obviously, you know, Michelle was talking to Becky in a very panicked state and trying to figure out what that was about too. So they go out looking for, um, and they meet up or actually Becky ends up seeing Michelle right outside the hotel. She catches up with her. And she's like, all right, I'm here. You asked me to come. And Michelle's like, no, it's too late. <laughs> you shouldn't have come. It's like, what? You told me to come. <laughs> He's like, you can't help me now. It's like, well, that's fucking great. <laughs> I could have told me that before I spent $1,700 <laughs> on a plane ticket to goddamn Romania. <laughs> um, so... Um, that's when Radu shows up, and this is when Becky first sees, you know, a vampire. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so they just do a lot of bouncing back and forth. Um, the, the Becky, Marin, and um, Mel, Mel, they meet up with, uh, what's that guy's name? Dr. Popsicle. Dr. Popo. Professor Popsicle. Professor Popsicle. Popescu? Ah, uh, yes. Um, and so she, he is friends with the caretaker from the previous movie at Castle Vladislas. Uh, so he, and you know, that guy's dead. Anybody's first, <laughs> the first movie. Sorry, Taylor. More spoiler alert. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I know you're totally planning on watching the first one. I know. Um, so they go to the castle and they find Radu there. And he's like, this is my castle. <laughs> Uh, it's my castle. Get out. <laughs> he sounds like an octogenarian. <laughs> um, and that's when they leave. And they kind of figure out that they find out that, they, that uh, King Vladislaus is a vampire. And that is likely a Vladislaus de- descendant. And they find out from s- someone, I can't remember who, that that's actually Radu. Um, and they do research on Radu and find out. Yeah, he was born of a witch, and that's why he's so fucked up. Um, 
And then uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, So basically they are just trying to track down um, Radu because they know if they find Radu, they'll find Melissa, or not Melissa, uh, Michelle. Michelle. Um, And Michelle keeps popping up. Like we kind of, she's trying to stay like one step ahead of Radu even though Radu kind of always knows where she is. And she goes to like this metal bar where the, like this band that kind of sounds like Slayer is playing, which is weird because they're in Romania and the band's singing in English. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's when she uh, finds this guy wearing a sweet-ass uh, Megadeth uh, denim jacket. Um, and then she takes him out back and starts making out with him, and then she drinks his blood. And now... In most vampire lore, when you drink blood, that's kind of when you make your first. That's when you kind of become a vampire. Um, so that's when she decides that she's there's just no hope for her and that she's, she's about that life now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Becky's not having it. So they go um, and they decide that they have to kill Radu in the castle while he sleeps. So her and Popo Gijo, um Papa, Papa Giorgio? Papa Giorgio. <laughs> Nick Papa Giorgio. Um, that's when they uh, get all these, you know, killing implements together, like these two spears and a fucking battle axe together. Um, and they go up to the castle uh, and Mel won't come. He's like, this is crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to have any part in this. <laughs> and uh, they go hunting for Radu, but things go sideways. Um, oh, no, they go to the, the crypt. They don't go to the castle. Yeah, because he couldn't get to the castle because the sun was coming up. Right. Yeah, so they go to the crypt, which is also you know the crypt where um, Radu's mother is. And they go down, and they're trying to find Michelle. And she's sleeping in the crypt next to Radu. Um, and so they, um, Papa Giorgio goes to stake Radu. And that's when his mother comes up and stabs him through the heart. And that's when Radu wakes up and they take Becky hostage. And he's just about to drink that sweet, sweet nectar from From her leg. leg. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Um, this is something I actually, of course, noticed when I was a kid because this is the important stuff. He's like, she's like struggling, like trying to fight him off with her legs. And he's like, try to pin her down. And they, of course, changed her into this white dress. She was wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. And they changed her in like this white dress. Ceremonial. This ceremonial thing. Um, (laughs) Ceremonial white. Um, (laughs) And uh, she's fighting. And like, he's got her like pinned down with one arm. And like, he throws her dress up and like, you could tell it went a little too far and just like it totally exposed her crotch. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's wearing underwear, but like that wasn't supposed to happen. And then it goes back to Michelle, just like looking on in panic and then back to Radu and like the dress is back down. There's <laughs> just those little inconsistencies when you are a pervy little preteen boy. You're like, Oh my God, well, lady crotch. <laughs> um, yeah, so Michelle just loses her shit, picks up the same knife that um, 
Radu used to kill his father, stabs him in the face multiple times. In the face. Just stabs him so many times in the head. Um, and uh, that's when Michelle, she, she lets Becky go, and Becky and the two of them run out. And it's in the middle of the day, so Michelle's like, I can't go. It's the daytime. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to wait for you till the sun goes down. And that's when Radu's mother pops up out of nowhere. Oh, she got lit on fire. I left that part. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. But apparently she's still alive, even though she ran off just covered in flames. <laughs> she's eternal or something. Uh, And, yeah, she, she comes takes up. Michelle and carries her away, and that's the end. That is the end. Roll credits. Anyway. So, what do you think? With fresh eyes. Like I said, I was a little in the weeds because I hadn't seen the first one, and I didn't realize this one was going to be like, a continuation of the first one to the point where it was like reliant on seeing the first one. Uh, Some sequels are kind of standalone. This, this one, I mean, it, it is, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that's carried over from the first one. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not reinventing the vampire lore by any means, but it doesn't have to. It's, it's a very straightforward vampire kind of film. Yeah. It's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's, it's classic vampire. Yeah. It's nothing special there's no special rules um i mean they don't twinkle in the daylight yeah they, i mean yeah they don't they don't even go in the daylight um you know i mean like vampires yeah i mean they're monsters they have fangs they drink blood that's what vampires do right. and that that mo- this movie actually all four of these movies deliver on that um that's why i love them so much um like are they a little derivative maybe but not to the point where it's like, oh, this is just a bad ripoff of Nosferatu or Dracula or whatever. Yeah. Like there's a, a little, you know, maybe homages. Um, but like I said, nothing where it's like, yeah, that's just a ripoff. Yeah. yeah it's, it's schlocky as fuck. It's so schlocky. I mean, the, the acting is, is good. Surprisingly. The, uh, for a Mummy, little. though. So over the top. The acting? Yeah. Really? Thought so? Like when she moves and she's like, ah! Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Because that role was so, without a doubt, just like every overbearing mother. <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter that it was like some supernatural being. She was just this overbearing, domineering mother. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> Let me live my life. Um, Take a jacket. <laughs> it's going to be cold later. Did you eat? Take something for a snack. <laughs> Damn it, Bob. I'm a vampire. I don't feel pain or cold or hunger. I'm going to drink some blood on the way. Anyway, um, what do you think of Radu? His voice was a little annoying. It is. It gets it gets to be a bit much. Especially but he, when he it looks gets, cool. Yeah, that that was honestly my favorite part about the entire series is how Radu looked. Yeah, and like I, th- over time, the makeup gets better, just because you know, not technology, but makeup advancements. Advancements, sure. They just get better. Um, I don't know if they had better artists or what. But Maybe better budgets. Definitely better budgets. 
Um, the quality doesn't maintain, though. <laughs> like, as far as the movie themselves. Oh. Like. is it So this is your favorite of the series? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like all of them. This is my favorite. Um, I think it's funny because contrary to popular opinion, the next one, the, th- the third one is my second favorite, and people hate it. Really? Yeah, people think it's so garbage. And maybe it is. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think the transition from two to three is much better than transition from one to two. Um, Angus Scrim played Vladislaus in the first one? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I just really love these movies. Um, like I said before, you know, this is, this is my childhood here. Um, but you know, American bitches needed to just stay out of foreign countries because they always just be getting themselves in trouble. It's true. <laughs> Take a look at hostile. Yeah. Is this Melanie Shatner that played Rebecca? Is this Shatner's daughter? You know what? I, I don't know. I was doing the same thing you're doing right now this morning. Because she was in Star Trek Four. Yeah, I noticed that. Um I, I, I couldn't I like I tried to find out what Shatner's kids' names were and I couldn't find anything. So huh. uh, I mean I didn't dig that deeply. You could probably find it with a little research, but um yeah. Anything to add? Not really. Um, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, it moved really well. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of like lull at any point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Radu is this, he's a cool looking vampire. Like I said, very Nosferatu inspired, but yeah. like with long hair. Yeah. It's not just like a person with fangs. Yeah. I think the, I mean, aside from his voice, the only thing. Melanie Shatner. Well, I'll be goddamned. Um, aside from his voice, the main thing that irritated me about Radu, and this goes across all four movies, and I think it actually got worse as the movies went on. He's always fucking drooling, <laughs> and he's always. It always seems like he's drooling blood, even though he wasn't actually drinking any blood. So it makes me wonder, like, is he like cutting the inside of his mouth with his fangs? <laughs> it's like you know, if you like, if you're just one or does he have some kind of like kidney problems or something? Or maybe. <laughs> Uh, what's uh, gingivitis, just bleeding gums syndrome? Yeah, just all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or he's just one of those people that's like always like bites the inside of his mouth and like bites down on his lip too often or something. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, shit. God damn that's going to bleed. Oh, now my lip is swollen and I'm drooling. <laughs> um, I read somewhere that, you know, this, this is actually the favorite, as far as uh, popular opinion goes, this is actually the favorite of the series, the second one. So I'm not alone in that. Um, and apparently a lot of people think that it has a lot to do with the fact that a uh, guy that played Radu, uh, Anders Hove, or Hove, or... Hova? Hova. Um, H to the Izzo. Stop it. <laughs> um. I guess he stopped drinking in between the first and second movie. Or at least that's the rumor. Uh, so I think his, they thought he was a little more put together for this one. <laughs> Maybe committed a little more to the role. Um, anyway. Yeah. 
love these movies. Highly recommended. Um, I, I I would recommend any of them. I would maybe start with the first or second one, though. I mean, it's, you know, in a franchise where they the movies are kind of somewhat dependent on the previous one, I would say start at the beginning. Yeah. I, I mean, the third one starts with Michelle, or sorry, with Becky at her car, like outside the crypt. Like, it's a cold start right there. So you have no fucking clue what's going on. So I would say if you're going to watch the third one, you definitely need to watch the second one. Yeah. The second, this one, I think you're able to get away with not watching the first one. You might be a little lost at first, but I think it's easy to pick up. I mean, you you got it. Yeah. You filled in the I mean, the only, really, the only thing that I didn't understand was like, I, I'm just like, who who is this beheaded person I'm looking at? At the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, even when he kills Stefan, it's like, you know, he says, um, you know, I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, something So it's about like, you know, he's his brother, whoever yeah. it is, it's his brother. Right. Maybe why he's killing him. Yeah. Don't, don't know. Didn't know until you just told me. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess that's it. I mean, I don't want to start talking in circles. So uh, what do you think? Um, I'm thinking seven. All right. Um, I'm going to give this an eight. See, I, I have to wonder if I would have ranked it higher had I seen the first one. It's possible. I mean, I think the first one is really slow because it's it's much more of a love story rather than a movie or a vampire movie. Well, I mean, most vampire movies are at their core a love story. I suppose. But I mean, just the thing between... Dracula, Mich- obsessively, but really it's the story of everlasting love. <laughs> um, I mean... The connection between Stefan and um, and Michelle, I think it becomes kind of a distraction. Like it takes away from what I really want to see, which is Radu eating people. Yeah, just <laughs> fucking shit up. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, seven and eight, not too bad. Yeah, pretty good little vampire flick. Yeah. Anyway, so that'll move us along to the next one yeah arguably full moon's most well-known feature uh this is 1991 i think it's 89 isn't it it is 89 you are correct sir all right this is puppet master in a house of mysteries this hotel seems to have quite a history mr Gallagher. who are you people a research team with special powers <gasps> Oh my God. She's experiencing the past. Because we are all joined by our thoughts. <laughs> Has uncovered an ancient secret. I have something I want to show you. <laughs> Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. <laughs> but they are playing with an evil force. What would you do with the power? You can't save her, Alex. They have given life to a deadly power. We're all in danger. And now, a box of little toys. I think someone's in the room, Frank. Has become a gang of little terrors. Pinhead. Blade. Ms. Leech. Jester. And Tunneler. 
Irene Miracle, Paul Lamatt, Barbara Crampton, and William Hickey as the Puppet Master. More like Poopit Master. Got him. <laughs> so burned. So uh, this is the first movie filmed in the franchise, but it's the fifth one chronologically. Sorry, sixth. Yeah. Sixth one chronologically. There are a lot of prequels. Yeah, and they're like way out of war. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure this was also like the first or one of one of the first full moon movies. Mm. If I'm not mistaken. Could be. I don't know. But anyways. Uh, this? God, still not a word. <laughs> uh, the movie opens with Andre Toulon, played by, uh, what is that? What is that old bastard's name? <laughs> William Hickey. Yeah. The uh, late William Hickey, who was never young. No. He's pretty sure he came out of his mother as, a, as an old man. <laughs> like Benjamin Button. Yeah. And, but he's just never, he just never Benjamin <laughs> always, Buttoned. Yeah, always the same. He just stayed as this old, <laughs> old man. The blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see him, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Oh, that and, um, God, did you ever see the movie Forget, uh, Forget Paris? Yeah. He was, uh, um, Deborah Winger's, uh, dad. And he's like senile and Billy Crystal's driving him around just, you know, doing errands or whatever. And he's just singing. I don't know if you remember these old Toyota commercials. It's like, if you want it, you get it, Toyota. Toyota. And he just sings that song all the time. <laughs> like he's walking around the house, making himself toast, uh, singing that song. He's like, you want it, you get it. He's like singing it under his breath. And the funniest part is watching Billy Crystal's face. Just like just becoming slowly more and more agitated. It's like ready to kill this old guy. Oh good times. Good old William Hickey. Um his Uncle I, don't know, I keep wanting to say Uncle Leo, but that's not right. Oh, in Christmas vacation? Yeah. Um, it's Uncle something. Uncle something. <laughs> Uncle, I, I promise it's Uncle something. He also played Professor Finkelstein. He did. Pre- Uncle Lewis, that's what it is. Not <laughs> <The> blessing. <laughs> uh, anyways, in this, he plays... Uh, hey, Grizz, if you're not doing anything constructive, <laughs> go in the living room, get my stogie. Uh, in this, he plays Andre Toulon, the titular puppet master. Probably. Yeah. I don't... Is like for me, wrong choice. Should not have cast him to play this role. Why? Because of Forget Paris <laughs> and Christmas Vacation, which was filmed the same year. No, year before. Yeah. But, anyways, he's got these like puppets all around him and he's making a new one. And they're just like moving and dancing and singing songs on their own. It's like Toy Story 3. That's a great fucking movie. <laughs> Just say it's like it's a small world. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this one like it's a great fucking movie. <laughs> there's one like samurai puppet who's just like looking out the window and he keeps like looking back. <laughs> and and uh old man winter is just like, Yes, I know they're coming. <laughs> and he's he, his name is Toulon. So you think it's he's French. Yeah. But he has like a German accent. But sometimes he has a French accent. 
William Hickey's not the best at accents. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't do accents. He does William Hickey. <laughs> he does old man really well. Oh man, he was also the uh, the um, like the president or whatever in Major Pain, like the president of the school. Oh the really? Of the school. Oh man, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> Just a funny, funny guy. Um, so, anyways, he <laughs> these Nazis come kicking down his door. Yeah, Gestapo in California. I don't know if that was a thing. <laughs> was it in California? It was Bodega Bay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think they actually like said where it was. Yeah. Oh, I guess in Bodega Bay, California, 1939. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So these Nazis come and like kicking in his door, and so he just hides all his puppets and then blows his brains out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but. He also, they show him bring one of his puppets to life. Yeah, Jester. Yeah. So that's that kind of sets the whole theme of the movie in motion. Yeah, there's some kind of uh, ancient Egyptian spell yeah. that can bring inanimate objects to life. That just so happens to be in English. Was it? <laughs> he was speaking. I don't remember specifically what he said, but he was definitely speaking English. Well, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. I no. thought he was just speaking Egyptian. Maybe he was just mumbling. He's, he, I mean, he's yeah, really burger, burger, burger. <laughs> burger, burger, burger. <laughs> Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> but so jump forward 50 years and there's these psychics, uh, Alex Whitaker, Dana Hadley, Frank Forrester and Carissa Stamford. Um, and they all have these visions of a former colleague named Neil Gallagher. And I kept thinking that was the guy from Oasis, but that's, that's Noel, Noel Gallagher. <laughs> um, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> this movie predicted Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, they all have this vision of Neil. And so they decide they, they better go, go find him and figure out what's going on. Um, they get there and Neil's dead. Yep. <laughs> Um, their visions, I don't know. They're all kind of all over the place. They all kind of, they, they envision their own deaths. Yeah. So there's something there. <laughs> Not really sure what that has to do with Neil. I don't know. But, you know, if you could predict your own death, you'd think you'd avoid that situation. Not go directly to it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Not good psychics. No. And they all have different powers <laughs> they're like a team of superheroes they're all psychics but they they access their abilities in different ways yeah like uh was alex is that the main guy yeah he's he's a he's a dreamer he dreams but he dreams the future right um carissa like uh she sees things through inanimate objects yeah she'll, she she'll touch like the bed, and she'll be like, "Oh, people fucked here." Yeah, she, like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a bed. She picks up like auras. Yeah, and then what's the um, Freddy, uh, Fre Frank, Frankie? I, I'm thinking Frankie, but yeah, Frank. He is just more of like a standard psychic. I think he can like read people's minds. Yeah, and then uh, Dana, Dana, she's she's a, a witch of sorts. Yeah, but also she's like a soothsayer. Or soothsayer, seer, sayer. I think it. I think it is. Okay. So yeah, they go there and uh, find out Neil. Neil shot himself, blew his brains out, um, and his his young wife 
who apparently nobody knew he had, <laughs> was just like, why are you here? Yeah, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> and I like how uh, uh, is it Dana like takes out this giant fucking pin and just stabs Neil's body in the chest. <laughs> She's like, you just got to make sure. <laughs> what? Who does that? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what if he was just playing a joke? Is you just like, ah! <laughs> Uh, they're all in the Bodega Inn or Bodega Bay Inn. Did you mention that? No. Yeah, that's where they are. So the same place that Toulon shot himself. Um, and yeah, like he's just got they got a, his Neil's body in the parlor because he didn't want to be buried. No, they they must have known he was they were coming because they said he didn't want to be buried until they got there. How would she know that though? Did they call ahead and say, oh, yeah, hey, we're, we're all coming down. It's going to be a party. I think we found a plot hole. <laughs> and when they called, she didn't say, hey, Neil's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> something's not adding up here. It's like, oh, don't worry. My friends are psychics. They'll know when to come. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, did he tell them ahead of time? Hey, I'm going to send out a psychic telegram. <laughs> so when they show up, just tell them. These guys are the shittiest superheroes, I swear <laughs> to God. Um, so yeah, and then the uh, Toulon's puppets start coming out of Neil's casket. There's uh, there's Pinhead, who has human hands, <laughs> and, yeah. the, and a tiny, tiny little head. Yeah. And uh, then there's Blade, who is like the face of Puppet Master. Yeah. Which, have you seen him in the new one? Yeah. He looks like a frog. Yeah. He looks like Freddy Krueger from the new Freddy Krueger movie. <laughs> from the 2010 remake. Not that long ago? Like, Is it 2010? That can't be right. 2011? No. Two, must have been 2010. It must have been seven years. Holy shit. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> uh. Who else is there? There's a what's the guy with the drill on his head? What's his uh, name? That's Tunneler, Driller Killer, Driller Killer, um, and uh, the Leech Lady, right? Uh, and they all have their own little superpowers, their little quirks. Uh, Pinhead has the strength of a man. Yep. Blade has a blade, and so a, it's not just a clever name. He's got, he's, yeah, he's, he doesn't have hands. He has two knives or a hook, depending on. There's also spikes that come out his eyes that don't do anything. Yeah. They just kind of give you harsh looks. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know he's mad is when spikes come out of his eyes. I keep, I keep thinking of other puppets, but they're in the sequels. They're not in this one. Yeah. And like you see the uh, slasher con, which is the, the samurai one that I was talking about at the beginning, mm. but he never comes back. I don't yeah. know what happened to him. I don't know. And then yeah, Tunneler has a, has a drill for a head and leech lady can spit out leeches. Yeah. Which apparently kills people. Whatever. Yeah. They're really good leeches. <laughs> um, They're the best leeches. Nobody ever seen better leeches. I know leeches. <laughs> uh, I like at the beginning when the Gestapo show up at the, at the hotel. And you don't know who's following them at first. But you find out it's, it's Blade. And like he keeps like almost getting hit by things. And he's just like... What? <laughs> 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 it's like... What is he? Why is he making these noises? <laughs> Does he have lungs? Like, Apparently. Yeah, and I like, like the like. Oh. I like the like ankle high POV shot. Yeah. 
I can it's just like, picture some guy just like holding the camera down here and just running. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hans, or no, I keep wanting to call him Hans. It's a remind me of like a uh, Felix the Cat character, but uh, Pinhead <laughs> later in the movie. Every time he gets, every time he moves around or he gets like he's getting tossed around, so he's like, but so these puppets are like trying to kill people and they they do they kill some people um they just be killing fools yeah alex gets gets leeched to death after he's uh he's banging carissa no that's that's frank what i say alex oh yeah frank and carissa alex is the guy with the glorious hair (laughs) yeah he looks like country music star he kind of did yeah (laughs) um yeah frank and carissa are banging for science (laughs) <laughs> right i don't fully understand what they were hoping to accomplish i don't know but he's like got his little tape player and he's like diane yeah no he's not he's not agent cooper but he's he wishes he don't we all <laughs> he's saying I you know definitely do uh we're going to do whatever experiment sexual experiment with sexual aids <laughs> not aids they're okay. This is before AIDS. This was before. This was no, this wasn't before AIDS. This was before people were scared of AIDS. Right. Um, but yeah, they they just are trying to somehow contact Neil through having sex with each other. Right. And like, yeah, they get into their room earlier in the movie, and Carissa lays down on the bed, and she's like, "Oh my god, two movie stars in this bed. Oh my god." And she's like getting hot and touching herself. She's like, it "Was Clark Gable and." Whoever he was fucking, I don't remember. Um, she didn't say that. She said the actual name. Yeah, I don't remember who it was either. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Fuck her. Um, she's just getting all hot about that. And and she was getting she, off in the tub, too. Yeah. She's like, two women. Yeah. And he was like, go on. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that was like that was her thing was she you know would touch a tub and apparently find out who fucked there. Yeah. <laughs> but so unless, unless Frank fucked Neil... I'm not sure how they were going to <laughs> how they were going to contact him through Frank's dick. I don't know, but they did find out that uh, Neil what molested or, or raped a woman in the elevator. Yeah, that wasn't his wife. Yeah, Neil was not a good dude. No, he's a total asshole. Yeah, but so they they both get off. Frank gets leached to death. Uh, Krista. She gets a drill. She gets a tunnel or drills her in the face. That's right. In um, the face. And then uh, who's Dana? What happens to Dana? Uh, I think uh, I almost called him, call him Hans again. Um, I think it was Pinhead. Pinhead, yeah. Um, he attacks her in the elevator. Hello. Uh yeah 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 he he just like beats the shit out of her right he's, he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's this little guy with a man voice yeah and man hands right with little like fingerless gloves so he's a tough guy like when when you see the whole puppet he has hands that are like bigger than his body yeah but then when you see him like attacking people they're clearly just human hands <laughs> <laughs> but so Alex and uh, Mrs Neil. I don't remember her name. Um, Mrs. Ne- oh, uh, no, I don't remember. Megan. Megan. Uh, Alex and Megan. They're the last ones standing. 
And Alex has this vision of Neil in the dining room with everyone else, all yeah. the other psychics. And so he goes down there, and there's Neil. He's alive. My God. What? Oh, you forgot to mention that he has popped up, like his body has popped up in... Oh, yeah. Like, somebody somebody keeps putting his body all over the, the inn. Yeah, like just, in sitting positions. Yeah, just to fuck with people, Yeah, you think. But then you find out Neil's been alive the whole time. Dum, dum, dum. Get it out. Uh, <laughs> and he's... Pu- put all the other psychics dead bodies around the, the table and he, he explains that he learned Andre Toulon's secret spell and so while uh, metaphysically he died he, he was able to bring himself back to life with the spell I don't know how though yeah like you were dead yeah who did you who brought you back to life right unless he did it before he died because but would that work I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would. Because it's supposed to like resurrect inanimate objects. Yeah. And Megan didn't do it because she didn't know. Or did she? Or did she? <laughs> Hang on a second, folks. We'll get there. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he explains. And now he's, you know, he wants to do the experiment on all the, uh, all the psychics and make them his puppets, I guess. Sure. And he basically says, like, I hate working with these stupid fucking puppets. And he, like, <laughs> throws one of the puppets... And uh, and then the puppets are like, oh, hell no, bitch. It's like, uh-uh, no, bitch. Hold, hold my earrings. They're like, oh, you, you mess with the squad now. <laughs> and they they just they go to town on him. Yep. They just absolutely destroy him. Uh, Pinhead holds him down while uh, Tunneler, why don't you just call him Driller? Tunneler like drills a hole in the side of his head <laughs> while Leech Lady spits leeches down his throat. <laughs> And Blade just watches and goes, ah. you know, I, and spikes come out of his eyes. Yeah, I feel like Blade could be like easily the most violent one, uh, and he just doesn't. Yeah, he's he's just kind of like is he's the foreman. Yeah, or just maybe he's a pacifist. <laughs> maybe it's like I don't want anything to do with this. He's like, you guys, you go ahead. <laughs> you you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to mess my blades. Yeah, it's like you know, if you guys need help, I'll step in, but. I'm just going to hang back. And the thing that gets me is Alex is like, no, don't kill him. And it's like the, he he wanted to kill you five yeah. seconds ago. He was, he's going to to kill you dead. Yeah. And then bring you back to life as his slave or something. Right. Or whatever. So, yeah, they, they kill Neil. And then the very next scene is Alex just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> no real transition there. It's like, well, this is done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then you see Megan pick up this taxidermy dog that uh, uh, Dana was carrying around Mm -hmm. and she like starts petting it and says something under her breath. And then all of a sudden the dog's alive. Oh my God. I can't believe it happened. What a twist. So maybe Megan brought him back to life. I mean, yeah, I guess it's, you know, for, she clearly knows the incantation. Apparently. Um, It just that through the entire movie, that seems like a, like a, plot hole uh not a plot twist yeah (laughs) and then for it to like come out like the very end she's like well that's kind of a cop out yeah maybe it was like if it was her like that that end kind of doesn't really explain it per se it just kind of gives you that option yeah it's like well why did she do that yeah what purpose was and why did she seem so surprised when he explained his master plan yeah when he was monologuing 
And I mean, unless she was under Neil's control, then he seemed to have no idea she did it either. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was just a lot of, no one seems to know what's going on with anyone else. It's gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> so that's puppet master. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the funniest part of this to me is that the puppets are kind of an afterthought. Oh yeah. They're, they're hardly in it. Yeah. Like the movie is called puppet master, but the, the puppets are kind of a means to an end. Yeah. It's kind of like subspecies the actual subspecies are in it for like five minutes. Right. <laughs> um, I can't believe this spawned 12 sequels. Is it 12? <laughs> yeah. The 13th one is currently in production. Fuck me. And I believe Thomas Lennon is in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they did this uh, 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 versus Demonic Toys, too. I forgot. I haven't seen it, but always meant to. There's a puppet in the new one called Happy Amphibian. Isn't that the frog? There is a frog. Oh, you're just saying he looks like a frog. But yeah, the new blade just looks like a right. No, this is that's that's Blade the Vampire. That's not Blade Runner. Damn it. Yeah, he looks like this now. That's right. Uh he looks more like a skull. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I assume this is Happy Amphibian. One would guess. Tunnel yeah, looks basically looks the, same. the same. Yeah. I don't <sighs> know why they had to change Blade so much, or at all, for that matter. Yeah, they should have just left it. Um. Yeah. This movie's goofy as fuck. It is. Um. This is. I haven't seen. I think I've seen like. Um. I think I've seen like the first three or four movies. I haven't seen all of these. Um. This is my least favorite of the ones I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, I always thought the story was really dumb. And like the, the puppets, like you said, have so little to do with the actual story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as the movies progressed, more and more puppets come into play. Yeah. Like. Um, the story uh, of the Nazis comes much more into play, too. Yeah. Especially in the prequels. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a there's one puppet. He looks like um, he. I mean, he looks kind of like a German soldier, except he's like a, he shoots flames. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Bombshell, maybe. Oh, there's so many. Blitzkrieg. It could be. Kamikaze. That's probably a Japanese one. Probably. Retro Blade. There's a Retro Blade. Yeah, that wasn't like the. Was it in Retro Puppet Master? Yep, that that'd be the one. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, he's that one's in like the second or third one, I think. Um, and he's probably one of my favorites, just because fire torch—that's what his name is. That makes sense. Um, is that what I said? Did I say torch? Nope. What did I say? You said bombshell first. Did I say that first? I thought I took a guess at first. I don't know what you said. Whatever. A lot of people say a lot of things about Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, you've, have you seen this before? Yes. Okay. This is the only one I've seen, though. Oh, I, haven't really? seen it, I haven't seen any of the other 15 of them. Oh, you didn't want to experiment and see the others? <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, what was your drive behind picking this one? Just because, like I said, it's it's arguably the most famous of the full moon movies. So I kind of felt like I had to. Fair enough. 
Uh, I figured if, since I didn't pick Castle Freak that you may have. <laughs> I think I picked mine first, actually. Did you? I think so. Maybe I think I had mine picked out in my head, like basically as soon as we said we were going to do this. I just didn't put it on the schedule for yeah. a long time. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think a number was? Um, I think probably five. It's. I'm, I'm and I'm not sure how much just nostalgia is driving that. I couldn't say. I don't think it's a bad movie. No, it's so terrible. I mean, that's why I'm not rating it any lower, but I mean, yeah, it's like I said, it's goofy and it's there's not like a whole lot of like gruesome kills. I mean, it's, you know, puppets that are fucking <laughs> six inches tall. Yeah. And, you know, at, at times uh, pinheads attacking people and they'll just like pick them up and throw them across the room. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, one of those things, like when you think of child's play, you're like, why don't they just like throw it? Yeah. And that's like like when Dana is fighting pinhead in the in the elevator and like she's wrestling around them and she <laughs> throws him against the wall of the elevator and he's just like oh, oh, oh. and he's just down <laughs> for the count it's like yeah fuck you <laughs> was that when his head came off uh i don't know maybe so at one point somebody threw him against the, there's a lot of fighting in the elevator in this <laughs> at one point somebody throws him against the wall in the elevator and his head comes off <laughs> and then he's just he's just like unconscious for a while and then just gets up and just picks up his head and puts it back on <laughs> It's like, okay, sure, that's how that works. Yeah, I, th- I feel like I'd enjoy this movie a lot more if there weren't this was, if there wasn't so much going on. Uh, I mean, the story of Toulon, which just ends, and then there's this Egyptian curse thing, or Egyptian incantation or spell or whatever. Then there's the psychics, and I'm like, how the fuck does any of this fit together? I feel like making them psychics was an unnecessary move. Yeah it served zero purpose. It's like, okay. I mean, it, it served as a means to get them to the hotel. Other than that, there was, they nothing. could have all received a letter saying Neil is dead. Come to his wake. Yeah, exactly. Cause it was like, even them showing up and like not knowing Neil was dead when they got there accomplished nothing mm-hmm. to advance the story. Yeah. They, they all could have just gotten a letter and said, Hey, Neil's dead. Yeah. Come, come to this ceremony. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of a, a plot device that was pretty much useless. Yeah. It's pointless. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking six. Okay. (laughs) I won't judge you that much. (laughs) (laughs) It's still somewhat entertaining. It's not, you know, it's nothing amazing, but it's, it's unique. If nothing else, I guess, (laughs) I mean, there was, you know, the, the the one thing that bothered me was the leech lady scene with Frank. That scene was so long. Yeah. It took her so long to spit out those fucking leeches. Yeah, it's like, this is what you do. Why is it taking you so long? Yeah. <laughs> this is your, you had one fucking job. And she's just like. <laughs> yeah. I'm and like, f- oh my God, that's so gross. And Frank's blindfolded, but he's still getting so turned on by these fucking regurgitating sounds. Yeah, it's like, do you think she's sucking your dick? Because yeah. wouldn't you feel that? You'd know. <laughs> yeah. And like, she, you know, she's a doll. She's about what five inches tall, and she climbs up on him and she starts rubbing his chest with her little Barbie hand. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah. It's like, dude, that's not your wife. <laughs> I'm gonna use my little hand. <laughs> 
Also, it's made of wood. Yeah, you'd think you would be able to tell the difference. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. But I don't know. I still think it's it's fun. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> the blessing. <laughs> All right. That's it. Neat. We're done. We are done. That's going to do it for episode 93, guys. Did you have fun? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> Nobody asked you, Taylor. Nobody asked me anything. I had fun. Nobody ever pays me in gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to this episode for a long time. This was, this was, a, this was a fun one. Yeah. This was, was fun. <laughs> That's, those are words. <laughs> yeah, if it's a Spice Girls song. Zig-a-zig. zig that's all I really, really want. <laughs> um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so we're going to be back next time. Two weeks. Ninety. Uh, two weeks uh, with episode 94, which is one episode before 95. Very good, Tony. Uh, which is that? No, that's not Octoberama yet. No. Nope. What? Two, two more episodes before Octoberama. Yep. Uh, look forward to that, guys. We'll be watching It, the new Andy Muchetti, uh It, yeah, as well as Adam Wingard's Death Note. Taylor's got his lotion ready. <laughs> his lotion and, and Kleenex. <laughs> yep, because he loves Adam Wingard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't don't even know what to say. So I'm t- not allowed to like directors, apparently. He just wants to just beat off. <laughs> he just wants to stand in front of my guard and just beat off. He's just like, watch me. Watch me. Watch me do me. Glad you're entertaining yourself. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, okay. Are you done? <laughs> For now. We're not through with this. Anyway. Okay. Um, so next episode, guys, look forward to it. Until then, Taylor, where can they find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or wherever else podcasts are found. They can also find us on Facebook or Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Kool-Aid guy. Oh, is that what that was? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, catch you next time, guys. I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>